Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. This podcast is an experiment in philosophical conversation, intended to inspire hope and inspiration in your creative pursuits. Follow along as I interview creatives from all backgrounds and walks of life. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up your next breakthrough idea. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, or craft, whatever that looks like. Now, let's dive into this concept we call creativity. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. And actually today, I'm not the host. I'm the interviewee. The host is Mr. Ben Morse, good friend of mine. He was on uh, episode 19. You can go back and give that a listen, get a background on him. And yeah, this one is a cool one. So this episode you're about to listen to is part one of two, where Ben interviews me. Uh, this is the last interview of the season. Season one is closing out with a total of 52 episodes. This little experiment has uh, grown and flourished, which is so cool to see. So yeah, Ben Morse, he's an awesome guy. He is, uh, he's just really intelligent, in my opinion. I've always kind of been in awe of the, uh, the wisdom he has, even though he's years younger than me. I'm always like, man, you are a wise human being. Um, yeah, so this was a cool opportunity for him. And he's actually got a new podcast coming out at the end of January which is called Techawat. He studied abroad, or he did the Peace Corps, I'm sorry, in Ethiopia. That's actually where he met his wife. And uh, Techawat is a word, it's a term for getting somebody to engage in a conversation. Like if they're sitting by the wall not saying anything, you say Techawat. And it's like an invitation to join in. Like, hey, come on, get in, get in there have fun, uh, say what you think. So it's a conversational podcast and he'll talk about it in the, in the two episodes, but yeah, part one of two going to be fun, going to be really fun. So thanks for joining. Cheers. All right. So welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, today, I have the great and humble honor to guest host the Art and Life podcast. Uh, my name is Benjamin Morris, and I've known Taylor for almost 15 years. Uh, after meeting at on the Colorado State University soccer pitch in 2006, and Taylor was nice enough to you know, host a conversation with me on episode 19 of this podcast. So uh, if you haven't listened to that conversation yet, I would encourage you to go back, uh, check it out. Uh, we, we went through a bit of my story and had a little bit of a back and forth, uh, good conversation. So uh, definitely encourage you to, to go and, and dip your toes in that pool a little bit. Uh, so right now we're going to try a little bit of an experiment with this conversation where Taylor and I will flip the script. Uh, I will be interviewing him for the next hour or so. And this podcast is all about experimentation, finding your true connection to and practice of art. And I think by shifting these roles here, Taylor and I, you know, we, we hope to embody the ethos of creativity, 
while pulling the, the curtain back on who Mr. Taylor Gallegos is, uh, both as a person and as an artist and as your beloved podcast host. So without further ado, let's do this. Uh, Taylor, uh, thanks for jumping in today, and, and thanks for the invitation uh, to host this episode. Yeah, ben, thanks for having me on my podcast with you as the, the interviewer. This is, I'm already having a great time. It, it kind of feels like uh, a little bit of inception happening right now, or we're, we're kind of... <laughs> We're, we're going to go layers, layers deep here. And I, I got to try to channel my best uh, Taylor Gallegos uh, to, to keep up with the standard here. And, and I really just want to start off by saying, you know, first of all, congrats on an awesome 2020. Uh, you have been crushing it in, in this podcast. And, you know, you've got almost 50 episodes published. I know you've recorded uh, several more and you've got some in the hopper. So well done, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's so wild to be at this point and then look back on it and then think about all the progression that's happened and uh, and it's actually happened pretty quick. So that's cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, you've you've really been going going hard, which is awesome to see and you've been pulling together some really great conversations with a lot of guests. But today is about you and your story. So I'm going to start it off similar to how you have started off your conversations with your other guests. Uh, so can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, how you became the sex, su successful and <laughs> you're actually the sexy and successful, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talented artist that you are today? How did I become the sexy artist that I became? <laughs> Thanks, Ben. I really like that little uh, Freudian slip. That was good. Um, <laughs> my name is Christopher Taylor Gallegos. I'm from... Uh, I was born in Boulder, Colorado, grew up right outside of there and ended up going to school at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, which is a fantastic little city. And uh, yeah, I grew up playing soccer, snowboarding, um, drawing and painting as much as I could throughout my whole life. Uh, when I was at CSU, I got to do a study abroad program and uh I always liked drawing. I mean, I've, I've been drawing since I was tiny and then um, never actually took an art class until high school. And when I did, I was like naturally set up for it because I'd been drawing so much. And then um, that was when I was like, okay, this is, this is a thing for me. And then went to college, got, and went through the art program. And that was when I was like, okay, I really love this. And then the study abroad program in Italy um, in the spring of 2004, that was when it really clicked and I was like, okay, this is me like 100%. Um, and so since then I been making art like professionally selling it here and there, you have bought a bunch of paintings of mine throughout the years, um, bunch of commission pieces and yeah. And in, in Fort Collins, I was like working at bars and restaurants and did some construction on the side and just selling artwork. And then, Moved out to Southern California in 2011 uh, to, yeah, San Diego, North County, San Diego. Was doing the same thing, selling art. Um, got into doing some murals at that point. And then um, still it was, it was like a side, it was like a half and half type thing. Like I couldn't fully support myself. I didn't know the business of it and understand that. And then 
probably 2000, I would say 15, I started working. I met this woman named Anna Parker. She's a muralist. Uh, she's been on the podcast not too long ago. And I started working with her to help her with some things. She has a different background than me and my, my jam is portraits. And so then I would help her with those at times. And then, and then I started working for her and um, basically being her assistant. And she taught me the ropes of how to be a muralist. And she moved to Atlanta. And at that point I was like, all right, it's time to step up and jump in and um, went all the way in. And so that's been like three years. Can you hear my dog in the background? She's a sweet she's lady. She, she, she's happy. She's trying to get her uh, her voice into the conversation. Oh yeah, bit. Nova definitely <laughs> is trying to get it's her like, voice. like, you haven't talked about me yet. Can you just yeah. talk about me and then I'll be quiet. <laughs> Yeah, I got Nova in March, uh, March 14th, actually, uh, which is exactly when COVID locked down. So she's a COVID puppy and she's a very special little creature in our lives. But um, yeah, I went all in with murals. And since then, that's been um, sort of the, the big ticket item that has been the bread and butter of my art world. And then um, like other artwork is like all kind of filling into that, that stuff now. And um yeah, recently I signed an agent to help me sell my artwork on Canvas, and her name is Jen Phillips with uh, Gracie Lane Gallery, and uh, we've been selling, we've been working together for like four months now, and we've sold, uh, I think, like 15 or so paintings already, and it's just like all of a sudden becoming a really big thing, so I'm starting to uh, diversify my artistic approach, and now things are, things are flowing in this crazy year of 2020. That's, that's just amazing. Thank you for that background. And I think, you know, I, I've seen you progress as, as an artist uh, in, in the years that we've known each other. And it's, it's been really inspirational to say the least to just see, uh, you know, really where you, you came from. And I know that, um, you know, one of our, our first kind of connections was that study abroad experience that you had and, and really talking about how Italy shaped you as an artist, as a, as a young person uh, and, and really just stepping into that role and that identity. And it sounds like that was a turning point for you. Can you talk a little bit more about why, why Italy and, and what, what happened there? What did you do there? Yeah, nice, good question. Yeah, it, so before Italy, I took art history one, two, and three at CSU. And, and so that's a, a full progression through the history of art from the cave paintings at Lascaux all the way through, you know, the dark ages into the Renaissance and then um, everything up into, you know, 1800s, 1900s into modern art. And it all just, just blew my art world wide open. And, um, and then, and I feel like the teachers did a really great job of connecting us with the actual artists. And so I, I really like formed a bond with Michelangelo and Rembrandt and Monet and all these amazing artists throughout time. And then to go to Italy and like stand in a church and look at this thing by Giotto or like go to, um, you know, stand in front of the David sculpture was like, it just hit me. And to, to, I think like growing up in the United States, like art is sort of this like, side element thing it's like if you're if you are an artist until you are like making hundreds of thousands of dollars everyone kind of like pats you on the head and says oh that's really nice but what do you really do 
<laughs> I'm like, give you the middle finger is what I do. Um, but <laughs> with love. Uh, but in Italy, it's a whole different thing. In Europe, like art is so built into the entire culture. It's like, it is and always has been like the main, like a main driver of society and culture. They build their, like everything there is art. The architecture that, you know, they don't have Walmart. They have like the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And that's just like average things that you go and do on a weekend. Um, and so to go and see that and, and then to, and we had an art history class, like an Italian art history class while I was there. And to really be hearing the stories about it when I was like in their native land, like going to these mm-hmm. places and seeing these things, like it really connected me to who the artists were as people. And that I think made it, made the reality of like, oh, I can be one of these people. Like that could be me. And like, there really isn't any reason why it, why it shouldn't be. Um, and so then, yeah, that was when it like became real. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I, I think that that, you know, getting out of the, the kind of status quo of, of being a student that is in America studying this thing that most people view as a hobby to then being completely immersed in a culture that really values art in, in many ways. And I'd, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, the, the experience of going to Italy and, and being in, in the chapels and in the, in the museums and like being in this very formal capital A art space versus seeing stuff on the street. I don't know if, if you had that experience there. You, I mean, I remember my first time traveling through, through Europe and seeing street art and just seeing buildings that were older than the entire country of the United States and in its kind of modern era. (laughs) Yeah. And, and really like that, that long tail of history kind of really had an impact on me. And I don't know, like how old were you when you were, when you studied abroad in Italy? Yeah, I was, I think 20, I was 20. Yeah, I was 20 and yeah, it impacted me in a huge way. And one of the coolest things about, especially the big cities like Rome, Rome is like, you can walk past the Roman ruins and then turn a corner and then you're looking at like an ultra modern building with an alleyway with like some crazy funky street art on it. You know, it's like an amazing juxtaposition of time. And I mean, that, that alone just like blew my mind wide open, totally. Yeah, that's, it's so that's dynamic awesome. too like the art there is like i mean the artists have this under like the average art iq of of the average person on the street is just so much higher than any like you know most people around here and so then like the artists there have just like a really great depth to them sure so backpedaling a little bit further i'd be curious i know that you had mentioned uh drawing as kind of a thing that you did when you were younger at what point did you realize that you you were an artist or maybe that you had a you had talent maybe you didn't identify yet as an artist but maybe you were starting to kind of differentiate yourself from others and and maybe getting more enjoyment out of it or or maybe getting more praise from others like at what point were you were you like wow i think i'm actually okay at this drawing thing yeah that probably happened in um in high school there was it was like there was a, a little select few people in our high school that were really good. There was like 
um, Brett Walden and Lang Zhang and Jay Pinaranitz were all really good artists and I was one of them. And so we kind of have, I was like, oh, that's, that's a guy's a good artist. It was almost like a little competition, but it was like a friendly competition. And um, before that, I mean, I was just like doing it myself in my living room or in my bedroom for hours on end. And like the thing that really like me as an artist, I think the thing that defined me was just how much I like loved to actually love to do it, you know, and I love the process of it. And I loved being in that space of it. Um, you know, my mom would say that I just love to look at things and like turn things over and look at the shadows that fall on stuff. And like, I've always just been like really interested in the way that like our eyes work and the way that light falls on stuff. Are you the only artist in your family? Um, well, my mom's a writer. And so I guess the answer would be no. And a, but yeah, like a, a, an, a drawing artist, yeah. Drawing yeah, artist. That, almost, that almost made me ask you what your definition of art was in that moment. Because <laughs> I, I could see the wheels turning a little bit. I'm like, well, it depends how you define artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. My brother's a kinetic artist. He's, he makes art. His body is, an, is like a work of art the way, I mean, he's an athlete like crazy. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Little sister, she's a thinker. She's an artist of the mind. <laughs> Nice, nice. I love it. Uh, and you're really expanding those, those bounds of how we, we think about art. That's, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, so you mentioned um, a, a few influential people in your life. And, and I think it's, you know, going back and thinking about our time in, in Fort Collins, when I would just cruise over to your, your house, and you'd be, you know, painting something or drawing something, you'd have some sort of of artwork that you were, you know, fleshing out in that moment. And I would just be present with you and we just kick it. And I think that like, that was, that was such an awesome experience to just kind of be in the presence of a working artist and just to kind of see your, your, your brush strokes, see the way that you approach uh, your, your creations. And, you know, for me, not having that, you know, direct experience really earlier than that, or really having any like, formal training or, or seeing anything in that space, it blew my mind. And to, to kind of see you go from this photo to the final piece, but seeing all the stages and layers in between, like it, it really gave me a new appreciation of, of the practice. And I guess a, a question on the, the back of that is when did you start dissecting your, your practice? When did you start staging it out? Is that something that you've always done? You know, going from doodling to, to maybe being a little bit more uh, pragmatic about how you, you approach creating a piece or, or being a little bit more strategic about those stages? Yeah, uh, I would say that at, like in middle school, I started, it was with eyes. I feel like eyes were a really big challenge for me that I loved. And so like in middle school, when I was younger than I would draw dinosaurs and, and whatnot and like figures and there was always like the, there was just so much nuance that I was always trying to figure out. And the problem was always bigger than, than my solutions that I had. And so I just like, again, going back to the real looking at things. Yeah. Like the, like eyes just fascinated me and like the reflections and the shape and uh, like everything, there's just so much to it that as like a, you know, however old you are in middle school, uh, as that, that age person, I was just like kind of blown away and fast fascinated by it. 
And then I became like a self-taught watercolorist and just started playing with like layering and drawing, putting like watercolor paint together with it and trying to figure that out and um, doing drawings of like sports stars and people. And um, yeah, it was like very much figuring out the process. And uh, my mom was always really, uh, you know, talk about influences. My mom was always very supportive and she'd always like really look at what I was doing and like comment. And um, that's always my advice to parents uh, who have little budding artists is like, just take time to look at it, you know, like, and, and like appreciate the effort that they're putting in or like the thought process that they're having, because that alone was very like nurturing for the process and helped me like want to keep on going. But uh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So as a, as a young artist, then kind of thinking through, you know, obviously the the eyes sounded like it was a challenge and it, it sounds like you approached like that part of your your learning you probably compartmentalized it a little bit you know art was probably its own compartment along all these other things that we learned when we we're growing up but then within that it sounds like kind of the eyes emerged was that a that was a conscious decision that you made or that was kind of like a, I want to get really good at drawing faces and people and, and I want to have people kind of recognize themselves in my work. Like what, was that a conscious decision or was that just like a involuntary fascination? Uh, I feel like it was like kind of like a gravity that pulled me in because yeah, I went from dinosaurs into drawing superheroes and superheroes led to like figure drawing really i mean i was you know i'm drawing spider-man but really what i'm doing is figure drawing and then the more you do that there's like people have heads and faces and if you if faces are so challenging and proportions and all these different things have to be perfect so then that like sort of had this gravitational pull into drawing the face and then the face the most interesting part of the face is the eyes and and so then that like got me completely and I want to nerd out for a second because I'm I'm like now remembering my my middle and high school art classes where I had a picture I drew a grid e7 is where this feature was and I had my paper that was in front of me and I had the grid built out and I was like okay e7 I'm going to just focus on that one single square I'm going to look at the 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 kind of texture I'm going to look at the different uh, like layers that I'm seeing. I'm trying to like actually start creating that shape. And my task is to focus on square by square by square that eventually is going to be this picture. And I remember being really proud of a few pieces that somehow like turned, like they actually kind of looked like the people that uh, that were in the photos, but then there were other, other attempts that were just complete failures. Uh, is that something that, like that type of training for a young artist, is that something that you that you experience as well that you think is a kind of a beneficial stepping stone toward becoming an artist or do you feel like because you were picking up objects and studying the light and the shadows and you were you kind of had your eyes wide open to this this space whether it was conscious or not do you think that that it was that that latter piece that really shaped your ability to then you know, draw draw faces spider-man and dinosaurs being the first couple <laughs> um I, I didn't actually come across that concept of the grid until high school. And so then before that, it was all just like free flow, which I think really helped me sort of like 
just have it be more of an intuitive thing. And then when I got the grid concept, I was like, oh, okay, there's like ways to do this and, um, you know, structuralize it. But I always kind of like fought against that because it felt a little bit like cheating. And so, and I've, I've sort of had that same like feeling throughout time. Like, do I really want to like use these like sort of cheat hack modes? And so then that's been like a sort of a push and pull that I've had for my whole life. But now I'm like, use whatever tools are available to make the image as good as possible. But there's like, there's different stages in art. There's like training stages and like hoops that you jump through. And then there's like when you need to get the image right. And like, um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a good tool, but you can't rely on your tools too much because then if you don't have the underlying ability, then if you don't have your tool one day, then you're not going to be able to do your thing. So I feel like it's like, you know, just like in soccer or in like any sort of training, there's like training techniques that you want to bring in, but then you want to take them away also um, because you don't want to be uh, dependent on things. Right. It's like the, the tr- you know, training wheels on a bicycle yep. metaphor. And, yep, exactly. you know, you, you need to, you need to have that feeling. You need to be able to do, do the thing and kind of lower the risk, have a safety net there, yep. allow yourself to, to just get in and, and take action. Uh, but you don't want that to be your crutch, right? Because if yeah. it's your crutch and if you're always, you know, if you're a 40-year-old dude with training wheels on your bike, you should, you should probably get rid of those training wheels. You got to get rid of them. <laughs> well, and then that, that brings to mind the thought that like when, like what's the intention of the, of the drawing? You know, like, it's, like when a kid is learning how to draw, yeah, you want to show them the tools that'll help them get the image just right. But then perfection isn't necessarily what you're going for. Like perfect proportions and things like that aren't always the most important thing. It's like, there's also the energy of the piece. Like when your kid's drawing like a a portrait of, you know, like drawing the family or something, it doesn't matter what they look like. What matters is they're like, oh, that's you, dad, that's mom, that's this and that. Like, um, so yeah, that, yeah, the subjectivity of the artwork, right? It's there's yeah. no like, hey, this is this is like how Basquiat, like this is how he's gonna create this one piece and we expect it to be at this standard, but he does something a little bit different and it sh- it shows up, maybe it's a slightly different look. Not imperfection with some air quotes actually is who he is a, as an artist, right? Like yeah, that is exactly. part of that piece. Exactly. And I hear I mean, as an artist, people talk to me about their art experiences and I hear so many stories about people saying, telling about their art teacher who gave them an F when they tried hard, but it didn't work out or like gave them, like told them that what they were doing was wrong or that it was bad or something. And it always just like, I mean, there's, it's one thing when someone, when you give them an assignment and they don't try at all, or they don't, they, they just like say fuck you to the project or or don't like you know throw it in the trash but if they try and they try with like a certain you know like let's say they take it a a certain way like great you know like that's the point of art 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 projects are just starting points they're just jump off points and art is whatever the fuck you want it to be so like i wish i wish you would have told 
told that to me when I was in second grade. Uh, I'm colorblind uh, for for folks out there tuning in. Uh, I can see colors, but I get them mixed up because they look the same. So blue and purple look the same. Red and green look the same. Uh, there's a lot of like sh- variations of shades that I just can't like if you put them next to each other and say grab the purple one like I'm like okay I just grab them all and just go I got the purple one <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in uh, and I think about like my second grade art class where like I I have like a very vivid memory like seared into to that history in that moment where I'm drawing like purple oceans and purple skies and like I like my classmates were just basically telling me that I got it wrong. They're like, this is not like, those are blue. And I'm like, yeah, they're blue. And I'm like, look at the painting dumbass, like it's blue. And I remember like super vividly my teacher coming up and just like praising my work and just saying like, this is really, really fantastic. This is like, you know, this like art is, it's, it's an art form. It, this is something that is your creativity. It's your expression. And she actually didn't comment on the colors. She commented on my technique, Hmm. right? She was like, I really like the way you drew these clouds or you like painted these clouds, right? It had nothing to do with the color because the color wasn't what was important. It was, it was just kind of like having a positive experience with that art. And I think that that lesson has stuck with me in so many phases of my life to just kind of understand that we all are individuals and we all kind of look at the world differently and experience the world differently and everything is socially constructed. Like everything around us is kind of created in this space that is really subjective and is just overlaid with opinion and kind of uh, everyone else's perception of the world around them, right? And I, I bring that story up just to, to think about kind of how, how we as individuals evolve as artists or just as, as a, you know, a human doing the human things that we do. And like, I'd love to hear any of your thoughts on, on that. Like it's, you know, that, that was one thing that stuck out to me from the art world. I think there are a lot of parallels there. And it sounds like, you know, you've had experience both uh, obviously on the receiving end of some mentorship, but also giving back and, and trying to like figure out ways to guide folks on their own artistic pursuit, especially through this podcast. So I don't know if, if any thoughts are jumping out. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing about everybody having their own experience with life, I mean, that as an artist, I feel like what we're doing is we're expressing our experience, our thoughts, perceptions, reality, whatever. And so in that way, like we, we all should feel complete liberation in terms of whatever we want to make or do or show and how we want it to look. and and so many i mean again i i hear people talk to me about art and they come up and say that oh i can't draw well yeah you can you can take a pencil and you can put it to paper and you can scribble it right so that's drawing and then you know like i I can only draw stick figures like well great like that's a start and you i mean you could probably like take paint and you you know like there's just so much you can do and like um you can you can write things you can um there's like printmaking there's uh all sorts of different like there's ceramics there's there's a million different art forms and they're all just expressions they're all just like different frequencies of a message that comes out of us and so in that way i feel like it's yeah it's 
it's just like to each their own, whatever, whatever it is. And and there is no good or bad, really. It's like, you know, you're, you're not a bad artist. You're just beginning or you're, you're maybe not as technically proficient as you will be if you keep on practicing, but that's how it is with everything. Um, you know, people talk about talent and like innate talent and, and sort of assume that, um, I've got this like gift or that other artists have a gift and it's hard for me to believe that or you know because I know how many hours I've put in and I feel like if you were to have the same situation the same upbringing the same hours of practice by the time you're 18 and then you know put in the same amount of hours as me you'd be fucking lights out you know like everybody would be and it's just that this is the path that I've gone on and other people have gone the paths that they have so really it's like whatever you do you can do it whatever you want to do you can do it love it well let's talk about being fucking lights out for a minute because i i love your progression and i i love the life that you've made for yourself as an artist in southern california and you know i know that it was a leap to go to california in the first place i think you've you've grown into this muralist you've done a lot of you know live events uh you you know, painted my wedding. Uh, and there's a funny story there that I'll bring up a little bit later. Um, but like, you've really grown into this, this <laughs> entrepreneur, like you, you've kind of like graduated from artist to artist and entrepreneur. And I think that, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation that like, once you figured out the business side of things, and once you kind of figured out how to go from, you know, just kind of being a 50-50 type of artist where you're like, yeah, I'm like still kind of trying to do this art thing, but I'm also a bartender. I'm also, you know, doing this. I'm coaching soccer. I'm doing these other things, which again, like that's a very holistic view of a human. And it's great to like have many, many passions, but it sounds like you kind of made a jump, right? And you can talk through that process of like going from you know, doing art and trying to do art and then figuring out this kind of entrepreneurial path and, and really get becoming a little more business savvy and what, what worlds that has opened up for you. Yeah. Nice. Nice pivot, Ben. That's a great podcast question. <laughs> Thank um, you, <laughs> yeah. So it's been a progression of just getting more and more dialed in and recently Recently, I've really started to like sharpen the laser beam. Um, and I, I mean, there have been really notable elements to everything. One notable element was being introduced to podcasts. I very much credit a lot of my success to listening to the podcast called The School of Greatness with Lewis Howes, which I recommend to everybody. Uh, when I was in my last couple of years of having another job for a while, I was doing construction and I was also working with the muralist, Anna, and she introduced me to podcasts. And at that point, I, like, it just, I mean, as an artist, I'm very lucky and blessed that I listen to things the entire time I work. So my digestible hours every week of, of listening of content is like huge. So I can just basically like stuff books in my ear every single week. And so I'm listening, School of Greatness is all about like self-empowerment, um, entrepreneurship. You're like sitting in on these amazing conversations with these people who are movers and shakers. They're all telling you like, these are my secrets to success. Um, 
there's a lot of encouragement involved in the whole thing. And, uh, and yeah, the whole thing has, and then like, I listen to audible all the time and just like soak up books. So I'll like, I'd be listening to the uh, podcast and hearing him talk, hearing Lewis Howes talk to different writers who just put out books and then I'd go and listen to their book and I'd get ideas and all those things I'd like put into practice. And I have, and I, a big thing that happened was I went from an artist and I had this sort of mindset that all I had to do was paint and everything else was just going to somehow like make, like come together. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was honestly kind of like a, maybe like a, I just didn't have my power. I wasn't in my power in that position. And I was like, sort of like optimistic that like everything would flow the way it would. I was, I was just sort of like this freewheeling hippie kid who's like, yeah, it's all good. I'll just paint and it'll, it'll work. I went from that to being like, no, I need to set my life up. I need to learn the business of my art. I need to fucking learn my equation of how this is going to work. So then step by step, I just like went through and started learning things and um, connecting with people. My uh, business partner in live wedding art, Tony Waters, who was on like episode eight or nine or something. And, um, we connected and started and started live wedding art where I'm painting people's weddings live on site on their wedding days. Like I did at your wedding. And, um, and even, and that, that was a cool progression. And, but even there, um, I was sort of like, yeah, Tony, you handle the business stuff. I'll just paint. Um, and, and still, but I don't know, it was just still give, kind of giving my power away. And recently I'm like, I'm feeling much more committed to, um, doing my part in the actual business stuff there. But then, but my own paintings and then the mural business, when I started doing that, then it was like, all right, I need to get all this together. And things were flowing. Things were like projects were coming in. I was getting things done, but, um, you know, looking at it now, the actual business processes were a fucking mess from like the taxes and the way that I did my bookkeeping and being in touch with clients and all these different, um, different things that are just like standard business systems that I didn't know about. Um, they were a mess. And so in this last <laughs> on the podcast, Lewis house is talking about, you should have these five, um, advisors, quote unquote advisors, and you should pick people that are, you know, in who know what they're doing in their worlds and they can advise you. So you meet with them once a quarter, you have a meeting, it's like 15 minutes long. You tell them what you're into these days, they give you advice. And, um, and I picked some really awesome people in my life and that was about two years ago. And that process has been really amazing. It's been helping me um, develop myself a lot. And one of those advisors, her name's Lara Austin. Um, I met her in Fort Collins, like, 15, 20 years ago. She's now got her own small business where she's an online business manager. So she went from being my advisor. We've been friends um, throughout the years. Went, went from being my advisor to now she is my online business manager. And in the last like six months since we've been working in that capacity, we have like whipped everything in shape. And now we still have a long way to go to really have everything dialed in. But now it's like, this business is becoming like a, a legitimate force <laughs> and, and uh, you know, art is what I do, but it's like the whole business is like this entrepreneur adventure. And um, yeah, it's, 
it's really fun it's it's exciting and i'm like totally switched on with by it because it's like it's your own it's my own equation and you know the, the world is a big crazy ocean and i'm figuring out how to like have my boat that's going to float me around and get some good sails on it and get a really kick-ass engine on it and cruise around the world nice i'd like to kick the tires and take that first spin <laughs> yeah i uh you know one one thing that's like standing out for me is as i hear you talk you know, I, I think imposter syndrome is a, a, a big barrier for entrepreneurs. I think it's a big barrier for whether you're an artist or maybe you're an athlete or maybe you're, you're trying to do something and you have, a, you, you, know, you have a story to tell. You have something to express to the world, but you don't feel like you have that, that business savvy background or maybe, maybe you even do, but maybe you're just not confident enough to kind of step in or lean into that identity or that role. And I think of, you know, James Clear, uh, author of Atomic Habits and an expert in behavior change. You know, one of the examples that resonates with me is, you know, you, if, if you want to be a, a tidy and clean and organized person, first thing you do when you wake up is you set your bed. And it's not about setting your bed. It's about setting the tone for the rest of the day. And it's about being, kind of taking that habit and putting it deep into your identity. Every time you set the bed, I'm an organized person, right? And it... it it, that action kind of leads to identity and it's, you know, it's not about going out for the run. It's about setting your shoes out the night before and your running gear. And that is a success, right? Putting your gear on, stepping out the door. That's what you want to do. If you do that every time, you're going to go on a run after that. Like it's, it's just the, 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 the next step. Right. And it's, it sounds like, you know, hearing you talk, I, I think that, it, it took a little while for you to kind of lean into that, that business mindset. But once you were there, you, you've really embraced that as part of your artistic identity. Like that is just part of the puzzle. That's who you are. And now that you've embraced that, it sounds like a lot of doors are opening for you. Oh, 100%. Uh, and the, the quote that comes to mind when you're saying that, which I've completely adopted is, uh, and I don't know who said it, but it's how you do, anything is how you do everything and and it's true i'm it's i'm such a different person than i was like nine or ten years ago i i love to do the dishes i put my stuff my surfing stuff in the car the night before and i go surfing every day now in the morning i um i like to keep my place and my studio and everything like as tidy as i can because I want to get in there and not be caught up with any BS. I want to just go in and rip. And um, I'm, I really geek out on like systems of organization for myself with the mural stuff. My garage is all dialed in. I've got bins and shelves and everything. Everything's organized. So when I'm going on a mural project, like I get it set up the night before. So, and it's in the car. So I wake up, have a good breakfast and then go show up. 15 minutes early, talk to the client and, you know, they're like, whoa, okay. I mean, and it's funny because a lot of people have an understanding of like what an artist is and how they operate and like what they look like and like the way they present themselves. And a lot of people sort of think of like Van Gogh, who was like probably bipolar and schizophrenic and was eating lead paint. He's, a, he's also colorblind, which is why he's one of my he's favorite artists. Colorblind. That's yeah, so crazy. That he was <laughs> that's unbelievable. Um, yeah, that's wild. And then, but yeah. And then, and so many artists are like eccentric and like sort of 
funky and weird and everyone's like oh yeah to, to be an artist you need to like have like to be kind of like out of out of your mind in, in a lot of ways and I'm like well I'm, I'm not that but I make art so call me whatever you want <laughs> but I, I, I dig it yeah yeah I, I think that that you know that evolution I think is is a lesson for listeners to kind of take away too from from your story and I think that you know, you've you've gone through various uh, stages of that artist identity, and I think that one of the the biggest things that I'm taking away from hearing you speak on on all of these is not to focus on that summit, not to focus on that end goal. Focus on those like every single step that you're taking. Focus on the journey because it's really the journey that enriches us, and it's the journey, it's the moment that we're in is is really where we experience life and you, you can't go back and experience 10 minutes ago and you really have no idea what's going to happen 10 minutes from now but you can live right in this moment and i think that as i'm hearing you talk and and knowing your evolution a little bit and then and just hearing you kind of open it up a little bit more like that's one of the things that i'm i'm taking away yeah and to add to what you just said i feel like it's also very important okay so what you just said was like presence in the journey um but i feel like it's also really important to at the beginning like set an intention for what the end goal is and then and then like don't ruminate on it don't you know and and really like when i was in italy i feel like that was when my intention catalyzed i was like all right i'm going to be one of the great artists and that's just that's just who i'm gonna be i don't know how i'm gonna get there and but that's what I'm going to be and then the, the dream kind of faded away at, at times and came back and and but it was always like I feel like it was always there inside of me and at times I forgot about it and um but then yeah then when I when I started getting more and more connected into the big dream and um but I was still like being present with the moment and like yeah taking every project one by one and yeah like life is such a a duality of like the long-term goal but also like right there where you're at you don't want to get tripped up over simple things because you're like looking 50 years in, in the future and you don't want to miss what's around you there's so much great stuff happening all the time yeah it's interesting you say that too because i think of you know my my experiences running and training for races actually is i think where the the lessons learned really come the race is just the performance that's just that's game day uh, it's everything. It's the hours and hours that go into training that lead up to that. And you mentioned, you know, being a muralist and and just being an artist in general, being able to just kind of plug in to to folks like Lewis Howes or, or others. And like running for me is that opportunity to plug in. And it's that state of flow that I think is just so important for all of us to just find what works for us, like tap into that when you can Yep. you know, create time and, and set aside your, your, your schedule and like really think critically about what is that goal. I think you're right that we need to formulate those goals for the future. We need to be building towards something, but not getting lost and planting that flag on the top of the mountain, knowing that it's about each, each step. It's about each turn. It's about, you know, identifying the trees along the way, listening to the birds sing, you know, it's, yep. it's really that holistic view. And I, I think that you really have embodied that in many of the conversations on this podcast. It's, it's been nice to hear. Yeah. And it's cool. As we're saying this, like it reminds me of what Bucky Lassick said about not getting nervous in the big moments. And it's all about preparation. 
and that's how he does it and it makes total sense and that's how when i'm gonna go do a, a live wedding art painting and i'm painting in front of an entire crowd and everyone's watching and if the bride and groom look all messed up everyone's gonna feel weird and it's gonna be uncomfortable um but because i've put so much time and energy into every step of the way and practice and so many hours it's like i don't need to worry i just need to take a breath and be present with what i'm doing in that moment and it's going to work out fine I, I love that reference. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. And if if folks haven't listened to that that podcast, go back and listen to it because Bucky's he's a wise wise human, and it's a, it's a really great conversation. A wise high flying human. <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. Gallego says, true to your form. Uh, let's let's pivot to the Q and A section here. Uh, so the the first question, I think we've touched on it a little bit, and and I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts here on you know what advice would you give a younger you. Mm. man that's a good question ben <laughs> it's your question sir <laughs> and i've i intentionally tell people not to think about these things and so i haven't really like thought about them and like come up with a concrete thing so if i was gonna go back and talk to a little tiny version of myself um i would say go just go all in keep on going like follow your heart and your your dreams like any sort of doubt just let it go and and know that whatever you're going after it's going to work out great i love it and i can i can already see myself asking you the same question in 20 years from now. So make sure that you listen to your current self as well and uh, take your own advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bet on yourself. Um, that's like, that's, that's one thing that I've heard recently. This guy, Ruben Rojas is a, uh, he's a muralist out of LA. He was the one, he set up this company that connects muralists with walls that need to get painted. And, uh, and then the funding to do so. And he actually connected me with the Estrella Jalisco project recently. And when I reached back out to him, I was just saying like, I really appreciate you setting me up with this. And, um, and I met him at the summit of greatness actually. And uh, yeah, I, I was just like, that's awesome, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, always bet on yourself. Like I'll go all in with it. Like, it's so cool. Like bet on yourself. You're the only one that you can actually control. You bet on a horse at a track, like you can't control the outcome. You bet on yourself, you can affect how much energy you put in, time, focus, everything like that. And that, that builds that self-efficacy. You got to take ownership over that decision to place a bet on yourself too, right? It, you got to yeah. hold yourself accountable. Yeah, totally. All right, man. Well, next question for you. And, and I think there's, there's many ways you could take this. I'm very curious to see how you, you answer this one, but who are your major influences? Who inspires you? Yeah, this is the question that came to mind the most um, in, when I was like, when we've been talking about this this podcast and thinking about me having to answer these questions. This is a tough question, and I'm not sure if I want to keep doing this one because it, I feel like it's like when you say say one person, you kind of leave out other people, and uh, you know, like. And, and one interesting thing is sometimes the people who've had the most impact on your life are the ones that 
had a negative role in your life. You know, so it's like, it's not always the best influence made the best, made the biggest impact. Um, and I'm going to completely sidestep the question and say that everybody that I have met in my life has had an impact and has been an influence in my life. Um, some people really, really huge. And then some people small and some people made a really big impact with like one statement and then other people, you know, through a lifetime of friendship or, um, you know, family lines. So yeah, uh, like there are a lot of times where I am hit with these moments of like so much love and gratitude for everybody, like everybody that I know. And that I'm just like, I'm kind of overwhelmed at times by how, how, like lucky I feel to live the life that I am lucky to live. And like, um, you know, the connections and the opportunities and like the blessings that I've, I've gotten to enjoy. And then, um, yeah. And then because of that, it's just like, that fucking drives me harder. It pushes me even more. I'm like with all of these, you know, opportunities and, and like entitlements that I've been like blessed to like be born into, you know, like I got to fucking make something happen with it and like go, go hard with. So, um, yeah, everybody. I love it. As the, uh, interim host of this, this podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to allow it. I'm going to let you sidestep that question because I think, <laughs> I think that you're right. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that answer and that you learn from every single person that you meet, that you cross paths with. And I think there are so many, so many other ways to quote unquote cross paths with people these days. There's obviously social media, there's books, there's, there's movies, there's stories, there's podcasts. I mean, there's a lot of ways to gain wisdom. And I think it goes back to our, our conversation around being present and just having your eyes wide open to those moments and being able to, you know, let, let those lessons in when they're in front of you you know, be open to that, that lesson. Cause if you're not, you're, you're so focused on that, that planting that flag on the top of the mountain, you're going to miss all the amazing lessons along the way. And by the time you get up there, you're not going to know how to get down. Right. Right. Love it. All right. Well, where do you see yourself in five years? Ooh, fuck. Yeah. This is a great question. I like this one, Ben. Okay. Five years from now, that's 2025, man, I'm going to be, I, and part of the question goes, um, if everything goes right for you, and I didn't tell you that, but like, that's, that's part of the idea is like, assume that everything goes exactly as you want it to go. Um, I want to have murals in multiple countries, multiple states. I want to have them in Hawaii and, um, in Florida, there's a Wynwood district that's in uh, Miami. That's a really big deal. Um, in Europe, maybe Asia, South America, like I, I want to be, uh, making art all over the world and then have my, my fine art on canvas, the concepts, the elements that I'm doing in uh, murals and on canvas to be really like, taking like taking on a life of their own where where the concept is like bigger than me and and that's what is like really driving the boat so like right now i'm doing custom murals a lot of the time and occasionally they say make whatever you want but 
when muralists have really made it, when artists have really made it, then they're just asked to do whatever they do. And I'm, I'm finding my, my element there, but I want, that will be found or, or at least like farther along in the progression so that it's like, people are just saying like, we want a Taylor guy, he goes, do whatever you want. And, um, and that'll be happening on fine art and canvas. And uh, yeah, hopefully the world settles down a little bit. Hopefully people can kind of figure out how to get along a little bit better. Hopefully these like raging fires of social worlds are, are like calmed down a little bit. I would love that. That would be really nice. Well, you know, when we have a uh, Taylor Gallegos murals all across the world, I think we'll all be better off. <laughs> I think that you'll you'll help shape that that future for all of us. All right. that goal. And I, I love the expansiveness of it, both geographically and philosophically. And I think that like having some locations in mind is awesome. I'm excited to see where you kind of trip and fall, stumble into uh, an opportunity in the future that that aligns with that goal, uh, but is a bit of a detour on kind of where you're thinking you're going to go right now. Cause I think the way that you're approaching your life right now and just the openness, I think has, has a lot in store for you. So I'm excited to kind of loop back uh, five years from today. And revisit that question. All right. So final question here for you. And I'm going to, I'm going to add a little bit to the question you gave me. Okay. Uh, so what is your definition of art? And how do you define the artist? Oh, nice caveat. I like that nice little addition there. Ah, my definition of art. It's an expression of ideas, concepts, emotions, perceptions, realities. Um, it comes in so many different forms and frequencies. It's, it has to do with, I would say the good and bad, like there's a, there's a, there's a spectrum of like the, I don't know, the, like great art to like poorly done art you know, poor to great. And I feel like the greater, farther along you move on the greatness of the art, um, the more authentic, the more like refined, the more uh, like the higher the frequency, the resonance of what it does, the more powerful it is. Um, and, and art just takes so many forms and, and like, okay, so like great, a great frequency of one person's art um, I'm listening to a book by Sean Korn and she was talking about Dr. Martin Luther King give, giving his I have a dream speech like that was his art and that speech was like the greatest like pinnacle and like you even say I have a dream and it like it gives me shivers you know like great art just rings so true like the perfect pitch of, of like a bell and um, you know like it's hard, it's hard to define, but when you see it, it you, you are like stopped by it. Um, and, and the artist is, is somebody who's 
is a human is even a computer who's expressing the experience that they that they have the you know the, the experience the thought the concept or whatever like it is a message it's a like a transmission um it's funny i'm thinking about this one moment where uh i was i was at burning man with my friends tyrone anderson took me and uh we were walking it was like multiple nights into the experience we had spent the entire night out on the playa walking around like you know experiencing different artistic things happening all over the place and um we we walked up on this like guy is the middle of the desert and this dude at like four in the morning and this guy was standing there with a speaker and a microphone stand and he was playing the trumpet like to nobody and it was like the most I've, I've thought about it so many times it's like this like just so profound like what is like no one he didn't give a shit if anyone heard it it wasn't about that but he was he was just like expressing like that had to happen he had to do that in that moment that was that was his transmission to whatever and maybe people heard it and maybe people didn't but it's like we all are on this like we're on this planet once as far as we know we're floating on a rock through space we are born and then we live this life and we die who knows what happens after we're just like moving and shaking while we're here like it's like what the fuck are we even doing and so then with that it's sort of i mean you could look at that in a negative way like maybe you know is it like it's all for naught you know like no like we could be wiped off the planet and no one would ever know and it wouldn't matter at all but you could also look at it as like well we're only here once so let's try to do as much as we can and like let's see let's experiment let's like throw some paint at some walls let's throw some paint on canvas let's make some noise let's like let's send some transmissions out there that's art <laughs> that's my answer for what all is right now <laughs> Taylor, I think we just had a, a monumental moment on your podcast right there. I think all of us tuning in and listening to these conversations with, with all of your guests have been waiting to hear your thoughts on this question. And I, I think that you delivered. So thank you for that. It's, <laughs> it's awesome to hear. And I'm going to ask you one more question before we wrap up okay. uh, that, 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 that we didn't, didn't pre-screen this one at all. Uh, you've done almost 50 episodes of this podcast and I'd love to know, you know, straight from you, like, what is, what is standing out to you? Like, what is the one takeaway that, that you have today in this moment from this experiment that you're, that you're undertaking? Hmm. Um, fuck. One thing's like that. I love it. And it's so great. Like I, I love podcasting because it's like, what it does is it, okay but when you hit the record button all of a sudden it's like okay this is real like let's let's get this out who are you what are you what do you think what do you feel and i again i feel so blessed by the connections that i have with these people that I, are in my life and i'm surround like I've, i'm connected to amazing human beings um really luckily and and so then this is like and again 
we're all we only live here once and we're gone in a blink of an eye so like let's record what you think like let's you know how ben you and i have had so many like philosophical conversations about the nature of reality and art and life and social political economic things like um for all of it to just evaporate into thin air would just be such a shame and so it's so cool like my mom and i always talk about this how cool it is that these moments that these these people's ideas are are recorded so um yeah again it's just like i just love it having the opportunity to facilitate these conversations and to like extract this like all this wisdom from these people who are so full of wisdom you know and we're all super grateful to have you as our guide uh through through these conversations i think you're the right person to to kind of bring together this eclectic cacophony of of perspectives uh into this creative artistic expression and into the space and i i've just been so humbled to be a part of uh of this experiment and and i'm just I'm so impressed and just like, you know, I'm, I'm really excited and happy to see you step into this like really authentic version of yourself and the compassion and the empathy and like really the true core identity as to who you are. Like it resonates in this podcast and I just want to applaud you for the work that you've done here. Cause it's, it's cool. It's cool. You're bringing a lot of really cool people together to have conversations that are really meaningful in, in these, these trying times. And, you know, I, I think that, this is really what we need we need more more conversations like this so thank you Damn. hell yeah thank you <laughs> right, taylor right. <laughs> where where can people follow you on on social or, or elsewhere hell yeah well what they can do is they can subscribe to the podcast art and life on whatever they listen on um but yeah you can I got a website. I got a couple websites. There's taylorgmurals.com and then there's also liveweddingart.com. And you can find me on Instagram at both of those same handles. Uh, I also have some Facebook action that I rock out on. And um, yeah, that's the jam. Perfect. Well, everybody, please connect with Taylor, especially like the the visual side of things like Instagram is awesome to just see the work that you're putting out there. Your stories on Instagram are awesome. And you do some funny little vignettes every now and then. And it's it's cool to see your personality shine through through those mediums. So definitely have a follow. So sneak in the last little question here. What is what is one last piece of wisdom that you have to offer folks? Hmm. Nice. I wasn't sure if you're going to do this one. I didn't even think about it either. It was great. Uh, the thing that bubbles up to the surface is that we're all just doing our best. Every single person, every single life form on this planet, we all were born into these bodies that we live in. We were born into these lives, these situations. You know, a tree just happens to grow where it grows. A dog just happens to get adopted by whatever family. It's like everybody really can't control a lot of things in their lives. And we all come from different backgrounds. We have different understandings of the world and um, different perspectives. And everyone's just doing their best. And they're making their decisions from 
the body of knowledge and wisdom that they are drawing from. So there's a lot of people that are, that see things differently, but we're all still the same at the core of it. At, at our cores, we all, you know, wake up in the morning and we come back to life. We come back to consciousness and then move around in our day and try to do the best that we can and, you know, take care of the people that we love and take care of ourselves and do our thing. And then we, and then we close our eyes and we lose consciousness at night. Like what a funky thing. Like we're all just like experiencing the, the human condition, the life condition. And so I think if we keep that in mind, then we can be much more compassionate to other viewpoints, other backgrounds, other um, situations and perspectives in life. Thank you, Christopher Taylor Gallegos, for all of your wisdom. And it's been a pleasure to take over uh, your podcast for a hot minute. So uh, thank you again for this opportunity. Thanks for the conversation, man. It's been real. Yeah, yeah definitely. Thanks for being here, Ben. This is great. Um, and so now this is where it gets real fun. We've, uh, we've decided, Ben and I have decided to do a little bonus section on this podcast recording. So we're going to take a little break here and then we're going to come back and we're just kind of going to kind of take the gloves off and riff a little bit. So, um, yeah. But we're not going to punch each other because it's over zoom. <laughs> we can't punch each other. I but like, we're going to take the gloves off. I feel like you'd be a pretty good boxer. I would not really want to get in a ring with you. I like that. Let's talk about that when we start. That's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Come on back here in a few. All right, my friends, that was my conversation with Ben Morse. Or actually, Ben Morse's conversation with me on the Art and Life podcast. Yeah, I was thinking uh, it'd be a fun way to do it. Flip the script, um, you know, have me run through all the questions that I run everybody else through. And yeah, that was a blast. That was so much fun. And this whole season has been awesome. It's all been such a growth experience and um, there have been so many cool conversations with awesome people and there's just a ton of little nuggets of wisdom that I've gotten to pick up from all these conversations. And uh, yeah, just having a really good time with this. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, yeah definitely check out Ben's podcast. It should be coming out by the end of January. I'll be talking about it when I come back uh, for season two. And yeah, season two. Season two is coming up in two months. I'm going to take a two-month hiatus and then come back with a vengeance. Uh, got some new ideas, got some uh, development of the current idea. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I kind of even don't want to take two months off because I'm so pumped on what's what's going to happen. But I'm going to because it's good to take a break. It's good to take an in-breath in order to breathe out. So, uh, yeah, this has been season one. I really appreciate you listening. And, yeah, man, share it out to anybody. Listen, share, subscribe, all the good stuff. You know how, to, how it goes. Um, yeah, with that, I just, I'm really grateful for, uh, the podcast platform and for you as a listener. So thank you. Cheers. <laughs>